0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Post Riders Flagship Podcast, the Pony Express. As always, I'm your host, Postwriter Editor in Chief Mike Levito, and I'm joined in this episode, and, and as I am joined by him in most episodes, really, Postwriter Contributor Lewis Ryan.
1: Hello, Mike. Glad to be here.
0: Thanks for coming, Lewis. Uh, today we're going to be giving a preview and some thoughts about the 94th Academy Awards, better known by you all as the Oscars. Um, they will be airing live on ABC on March 27th. Controversy, a lot of hubbub about these uh, awards. You know, there have been lots of changes made to the broadcast, and uh, to really even the date it was aired. I mean, it, usually it's aired in early March, is now being aired in the last weekend of March, and a lot of these are kind of at the behest of ABC, who have exclusive rights to the broadcast, and... There's just been a lot of friction between them and the Academy recently, but, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I want to ask, Lewis, so if you've been reading my work, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know that I am fascinated by the Oscars, right? Um, I used to have a podcast where we watched the Best Picture nominees. I try to, every year, write a Oscars preview piece, which will be on the Post Writer shortly, or maybe by the time you listen, this will already be up there, I don't know, but um, it was... Kind of how I was introduced to movies that were not movies my parents like and not movies that like I was supposed to like as like a 13-year-old. It kind of hinted at this larger cinematic world for me and really fascinated me in that regard, and that fascination has just kind of carried on. And I know it is kind of an inherently silly institution, but I still care a lot about it a lot. But, Lewis, you are, I think it would be safe to say, a filmmaker. You are somebody who has worked in film and television and who would like to work more in film and television. I'm curious if you care about this, these awards at all, or if you think they're just kind of silly.
1: No, no Oscars. uh, Yeah, no, as Mike was saying, I've definitely interested in movies and film and stuff. And Oscar night was, you know, a big night to watch, you know, growing up. It's sort of like, you know, the film equivalent of the Super Bowl. I'm Mm -hmm. sure many of people have said it's like just one night out of the air when you can celebrate the best of movies I remember fond memories of like i want to say it was like maybe 15 years ago they would have like a montage where it would like combine the old movies with the new movies and there was like a part where as charlie chaplin walking into the sunset with shrek <laughs> right and you know it's just sort of you know a celebration of movies and filmmaking and all sorts of film craft as i've gotten older you know i have it's not like i mean i usually end up watching it but it's not something i'm like oh boy the oscars or the oscar nominations are out because um, you know I'm, I'm sort of immersed in the world of, of film now so i i generally you know see or hear about the movies that usually end up getting nominated like well beforehand but you know when you're growing up the oscars are definitely a great primer for you know what what movies are out there you know besides the um Oh, what was it when we were growing up, Mike? I don't know the Pixar movies, Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean movies, you know the big the like Blockbuster br- <laughs> the
0: Brian Singer X Men movies. <laughs> yeah, um, the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and it's like you want to find out about other things, and you know, there's been lots of lots of talk recently about like why aren't the you know blockbusters more represented at the Oscars? You know, it's like, um, it's like the Oscars. You know, they provide a great snapshot, you know, of the moment. You mm-hmm. know. Film Films last forever, but, you know, the, the initial release is what the Oscars really immortalizes of, like, a film that captures an audience at a particular time, or, you know, just something artistic that, you know, it gives, um, uh, holds, it holds movies in a certain regard, so there have been lots of talk and like for instance people are like you know star wars should have won and not annie hall and it's like well the fact that you like you even know about annie hall because it was one best picture just shows like you know the effectiveness that you know uh certain movies winning oscars over you know more uh pop culturally immersive movies has that it's like we remember some smaller budget movies over the you know the big budget spectacle fair so you know i i do watch it every year i'm Uh, i i i enjoy you know for the most part what it does for movies and film but i think it's sort of the downside and i think a lot of people generally would agree that the telecast is like it's not really all that great of a telecast in the grand scheme of things like the super bowl at least is like it's like a dead heat competition you know Mm -hmm. where it's like it's based on these people in, like, physical space actually, like, moving a ball in a certain amount of time. Whereas the Oscars, it's, like, it's all based on art, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not, it's all subjective. So you can't really, there's no, like, competition. I mean, it's a competition, but, you know, there's no competitiveness actually going on in the telecast. And so it's just pretty much people reading names off, you know, lists. And um, there's usually comedy bits in between, which, you know. And so as a telecast, it is kind of cumbersome to um to recommend so i don't begrudge anyone who doesn't want to you know enjoy the telecast for whatever it is but you know um uh so that that's sort of the downside but uh yeah i definitely am in in favor of the oscars um as a whole
0: yeah the telecast listen to you kind of like talk about and like i agree with you about your system of the telecast is it's i feel like it's almost like election night coverage but without like the colors and the graphics right it's just kind of like Um, you're just waiting for, you're not even waiting for votes to be counted. You're waiting for people to tell you how the votes were counted. Really?
1: Yeah. Using an analogy, it's like if Jimmy Kimmel hosted the 1984 election.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um, but you could probably, the thing is though, like with that, you could just turn it off after like half an hour and be like, all right, Reagan's winning. Whereas, you know, this, you have to wait till the end. To see who wins Best Picture, except for last year when they ended it with Best Actor because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win and then he didn't. So yeah, let let's you you, you know you you touched on a lot of things I I want to touch on now. So you talked about you know this idea of blockbusters not being properly recognized by the Academy. Obviously, this wasn't always the case. You know, in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, and some of the nineteen seventies, and really eighty, basically for a good portion of the Oscars history. You know, you had movies like Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which were nominated for Best Picture. And then, you know, movies like Ben-Hur, we probably wouldn't think of them as like a blockbuster now. But that was what a blockbuster was in the 50s. Right. Same thing thing with The Godfather. Yeah, The Godfather, West Side Story, mass market entertainment. But culture has changed in such a way that like the definition of a blockbuster, I feel like, has been narrowed to a degree and people don't care, basically, about non-IP-based movies anymore. And, you know, I think the most famous example of this is The Dark Knight not being nominated for Best Picture 2008, which, of course, inspired this big change to expand the fields of Best Picture nominees to 10, which was then contracted to anywhere between, I think it was 6 and 10, and is now just 10 again. And this year, th- that conversation was kind of hit up again because Spider-Man No Way Home made gobs and gobs of money. There were people talking about how maybe it should be nominated for Best Picture, some because they thought it was actually a good movie, some because they thought it would just be in the Academy's best interest to nominate a a blockbuster for Best Picture. Of course, a few years ago, there was an attempt to create a Best Popular Film Oscar. That was quickly um, kiboshed. But now what the Academy is trying to do is uh, these fan-voted contests where... Basically, it is a people's choice. They call it the Oscars fan favorite contest where people on Twitter voted for their favorite movie of the year. So here is what some of the movies that uh, received were on, like, the leaderboard, right? Okay. So there was Spider-Man No Way Home. Makes sense. Made tons of money. Tick, Tick, Boom. I didn't watch Tick, Tick, Doom. I know a lot of people liked it. Whatever. Andrew Garfield's nominated for... An Academy Awards, nominated for Best Editing. Uh, okay, fine. West Side Story, nominated for Best Picture. Dune, nominated for Best Picture. The Power of the Dog, nominated for Best Picture.
1: Yeah, sounds like a lot of these movies are kind of represented at the Oscars already.
0: <laughs> okay, well, well, hold on to your hats now. Then we have The Suicide Squad, not nominated for anything, but fine. A big superhero hit, whatever. Sing 2, okay, not nominated for anything, but animated movie. Kids like it. Their parents probably like it, too, whatever. Malignant, horror movie, horror movies have a lot of fans, sure, whatever. Zack Snyder's Justice League, another big superhero movie.
1: Somewhat controversial.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, That there, there's that's certainly... The
1: fact that it's kind of like a re-release. Yes, you
0: know, like, and there's a very fervent fan base for it, though, I would say. Yes. Um, may even be represented here on this podcast. <laughs> um, but then we get into another Zack Snyder movie, Army of the Dead, which is his, like... Netflix Um, film. Netflix zombie...
1: Zombie heist action movie.
0: Yes. Then we have Amazon Cinderella. Yes. Starring Camila Camila Cabello and Billy Porter, which was, I would say, critically derided, but I think was mostly just ignored and considered not very good. And that was actually leading the vote as of February 18th. And then you had a movie called Minamata. Lewis, have you ever heard of this movie? (laughs) Uh,
1: I've heard of it, just like the name, recently, but I don't don't know what it is.
0: Uh, it is a movie about a, um, photojournalist in Japan, um, who is investigating mercury poisoning, and the reason it is doing well in the voting is because it stars Johnny Depp, and there has been an online mobilization of Johnny Depp fans, uh, for to have this movie recognized. So, uh, that's where that stands, (laughs) What do, do you, And do you have any thoughts about that? Does this seem as stupid to you as it seems to me?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, this seems like a perfectly foolproof system. This seems <laughs> like how we should have presidential elections, right? Let's mm-hmm. have all the bots on Twitter pick mm-hmm. who they want. No, I mean, you know, that's, that's where it ultimately falls apart for me. Is that, so like two things. So I'll get started on this first. Is that it's like, you know, based on people, you know, that use the internet. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I've talked about this before with you off mic. Off, off microphone mm-hmm. like um <laughs> where it's just like the only people that are really doing this are people that are just glued to their computer all day long and don't mm-hmm. get outside and don't talk to anyone i hate i mean i hate to use a cliche of people you know in their mother's basements but you know that's that's what these people are yeah just you know all the there's there's some sort of fan base behind the amazon cinderella you know mm-hmm. all the mcu people that you know they need it to be recognized mm-hmm. as cinema because they've based their whole personality around it. And, you know, God forbid everyone just enjoys it as a movie. It has to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Because that'll add so much to it. <laughs> um, and then there's people, you know, the Zack Snyder fans on the opposite side with his two his two uh, Magnum opuses that just came out. And then the Johnny Depp fans. So that's where it sort of falls apart for me. The other thing that I think is more damaging is just the inclusion of this. Because it sort of... You know, the Oscars is, like, a stalwart institution where it's, like, the same categories every year. And I think it's, like, better than a lot of other, you know, film awards. So adding this category sort of reminds me of, like, the MTV Movie Awards or, like, the Kids' Choice Awards. Where it's, mm. like, best kiss in a movie. Yeah. Sponsored by Sprite. It's, like, <laughs> you don't want to have those sort of forces seeping in. So I'm I'm sort of against uh, this category being included. Um and this is, like, another sort of downside of, you know, the Oscars, that it's it's not based on the audience, in a way. It's the Academy, mm-hmm. which is people in the industry. It was originally created to, you know, strengthen their position as, like, an industry and unions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So this is the downside, where it's, like, 700 to 1,000 people now, all that actually work in the field, they nominate the movies. So yeah. it's based on... You know, people in the field nominating the films they think deserve awards. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Q. Public doesn't get to decide no matter how much he enjoyed Spider-Man. But, you know, um, for, for whatever reason, people feel like Spider-Man needs an Oscar. So, you know, it's 2022. I'm, I'm done being surprised at <laughs> things that happen.
0: Yeah, I um. Yes. My feeling about sort of this, this cry for Spider-Man to be nominated for an Oscar is, first of all, Black Panther was nominated a few years ago and actually won a couple awards. So, like, let's not pretend like these kinds of movies never get any recognition. And second of all, the, the only Oscar Spider-Man No Way Home needs is the $2 billion I made at the box office. <laughs> and I understand this, like, you know, at some point, you probably just make so much money that what you really want is prestige. And maybe this will, like, make Kevin Feige feel complete if he wins an Oscar. But at the end of the day, I think this idea that box office grosses should be, like, factored into what gets nominated, I think, is pretty uh, pretty silly. And on that note, there's also a separate sort of voting, um, fan voting thing called the Oscars cheer moment. Have you heard of this, Lewis?
1: I've heard of other cheer moments. What what is this, Mike? So
0: so okay. So with the is this
1: brought to you by Sprite? I
0: I don't know that it officially has a sponsor. Um, we'll we'll find out on Sunday night. I think if if you know if it does. Um. So okay. So the Oscars fan favorite like an open-ended vote. You can basically put any movie that came out over the past year on there. Fine. The Oscars cheer moment is a slate of moments in movies that the Oscars want people to vote on for their favorite. And this is what they've listed. Uh the Avengers Assemble scene from Avengers Endgame when they all come out of the portals to fight Thanos. Effie White, played by Jennifer Hudson, her singing the song And I'm not and I'm telling you I'm not going for in Dream Girls. Uh the Flash's Speed Force scene in Zack Snyder's Justice League. The very famous Neo dodging bullet scene in The Matrix. And then all three Spider-Men coming together in Spider-Man No Way Home. Do you notice anything peculiar about this list of movies? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it seems to be sort of biased to movies, you know, from a certain time period onward.
0: Yeah, it it well not only that, but they're also not all from the same year. Like, yeah, oh, yes, this that, is that, not this like is a big thing. None of these films were released, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like so. I don't know. It's just like a very bizarre. It's like next year, are we gonna have a whole another list of arbitrarily selected moments from movies, and yeah. we're gonna vote on those instead? That's
1: pure moment. Yeah. Citizen Kane dropping the snow globe.
0: <laughs> Best cheer moment: Lauren Bacall lighting a cigarette in to be or not to be. <laughs> the chariot race from Ben Hur, which would be deserving.
1: The skeleton fight scene in Jason and the Argonauts.
0: <laughs> yeah, the parting of the Red Sea, in the Ten Commandments. I'm in a very biblical mood tonight, apparently. But um, well,
1: those were the big spectacle movies yeah, back then.
0: It's true. It's true. Um, So, yeah, that just kind of adds to the absurdity. And sort of compounding on that is... uh, So these... Like, they'll announce the winners of these stupid made-up awards live on the telecast. What won't be happening live on the telecast is the presentation of eight other awards, namely animated short film, documentary short subject, film editing, live-action short film, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, and sound. Instead... Those awards will be given out uh, before the ceremony begins, while most of the celebrities are walking the red carpet. They'll be given out to, you know, these people who win these awards. And then those, they will, those will be streamed live online for anyone who wants to watch them. And then sort of the highlights of those speeches will be edited together in uh, the broadcast. Now, the Academy had tried a similar thing, I think, possibly the same year. They attempted the... Uh, Best Popular Film, where they were going to award some of the lesser-known awards during the commercial break, and this uh, th- there was enough backlash that prevented this, but uh, this time they, they are sticking to their guns, they're awarding these separately, and apparently the reason why is ABC came to the Oscars and said, hey, your ratings are terrible. The ratings last year were the worst ratings ever for the Oscars, at least since this thing has been measured. Um, and they said, we want you to take 12 awards out of the broadcast. And ABC's, ABC, with their negotiating savvy, said, how about eight instead? And, and excuse me, that was the Academy who said that. And then ABC said, well, okay, that's fine. People are upset about this. Uh, you know, Patton Oswalt, Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, Guillermo del Toro. Lots of people have released... Uh, All great directors. Yeah. He was just the first person I saw on this list of people who said... He he called it dumb and disrespectful.
1: I mean, he's in like 90% of movies. So he it's true. Yeah.
0: He, he, he is ubiquitous. I mean, he's basically, you know, the... Uh, he, what is he but not the sort of like personification of film? Um, so, yeah. Um, they will not be awarded. And it, the thing is, too, it, it's... You look at these awards and, like, okay, I understand maybe the idea that, like, most people watching this telecast are not going to be familiar with the short films they, they award. That's, I understand that. Editing, again, I think if you ask people to name an editor other than, like, Thelma Schoonmaker, I don't know that many could. But, like, I think of, like, original score, like, Hans Zimmer, the composer for Dune, and a very famous composer who has written, who already won for The Lion King, he composed the Inception score that basically inspired every score that came out eight years after that, has just worked on lots of really huge movies and has been, like, widely respected for his work, will probably have to accept it. Well, if he wins, which he likely will, will have to accept his award off-air. And it's just, it's very silly to me, but it is... I, I understand it in the sense that it's like they feel like they need to shorten the ceremony, but I also think this is probably a bad way to do it.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, it's debatable because, you know, as I've said, that the telecast aspect is the most awful thing about the mm-hmm. Oscars. And, you know, the, I feel like it's the same thing that happens every year. It's like similar to an election because we keep harping on this theme, where it's like every year, uh, the, the Oscars, it's like, you know, it goes long the ratings are terrible uh comparing that to an election it's like something always happens where the media has to apologize for the way they covered an election just so so yeah it's just it's it's there's no no wins there's no ideal scenario i mean it's like uh to be fair i mean they're still accepting the award and giving the speech in front of everyone at the theater um they're still showing the awards i don't want to sound like you know i'm crossing a picket line here because i You know, I sort of worked in as a filmmaker, and I I would definitely want to be part of the industry more. So I I do think it's you know not good, but you know, just trying to play devil's advocate here. It's like they got to do something, and I think maybe the best thing to do is because it has to be live in a way. Mm -hmm. No one's going to watch it if it's like we this airs a week later, Mm -hmm. even though it really should just be like a private ceremony. Oh yeah, in a way. (laughs) Um, and God forbid they cut any of the comedy.
0: Well, that, that's the thing too, right? Is that the stated reason for them cutting the, uh, and this is like, this is verbatim from the letter that the Academy sent to its members, said they were cutting these awards from the broadcast to quote, allow more time for comedy, film clips, and musical numbers. I don't want like two thirds of those things, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Um,
1: yeah the only comedy should be like just a host mm-hmm. moving things along
0: yeah I mean, and this and is and this and is, and is ac- they... yeah this and this is the first um o- o- oscars in a little bit and if in a couple ceremonies that actually has a host there actually has three hosts um it is actually regina hall amy schumer and wanda sykes
1: do you know why it's three hosts i do not so the rumor is that i heard mm-hmm. uh, is that they wanted to get Steve Martin Martin Short and Selena Gomez <laughs> oh from only murderers in the building mm-hmm. but they like said no or like they couldn't get them and then they had already announced that there were three hosts mm-hmm. so they needed to find three people <laughs> to be hosts that, so that's just a rumor the, the producer um will something he's like denied it not will, that will packer ever, will packer not that I think he would admit it but that's right. that's sort of the, the rumor I've heard
0: that is fascinating, and I think they'd be a great hosting trio. I really like that show, but um, yeah, I'd like, I have nothing against either of those three people. I'm sure they'll be fine. Um,
1: I've, I've seen commercials, and it seemed, they seem funny.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I just feel like this is all built on a model, and all award show, really, but I feel like the Oscars especially... It is just built on an obsolete model of these sort of lavish variety show style TV special. And the sad truth is that people just have other outlets or not even really outlets, just like other distractions, other places to turn their attention. And they don't really, you know, this, this is not the only time they'll be able to see Will Smith do something, right? Like he's on social media And this is not the only time they'll be able to hear jokes from Amy Schumer. She has, you know, hundreds of hours of content across a bunch of platforms and is probably on social media. And the fact that, like, the Emmy Awards, which I would argue TV is probably, like, the medium of the moment more so than movies are, the fact that those ceremonies are still getting bad ratings, I think, just kind of tells you all you need to know about the sort of traditional award show model. So, you know, I... It, it's a weird thing where it's like, I like the Oscars, I like watching the Oscars, and yet, I, even I have to admit, it's a very outdated and thing that needs some overhaul, I just don't think it needs this overhaul, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I wonder how it would be if um, they just did an entire <clears throat> sort of tape delay for the entire ceremony, where it's like the whole thing is edited, mm-hmm. telecast, because that, that might help make it flow better if it can be edited in some way um but yeah i mean it has to be you know it's like it has to be within a certain amount of time otherwise it's like all the results are going to get tweeted out and like no one will care and as i said before it's not like the super bowl where there's actually like you know head-to-head competition Mm -hmm. going on there's nothing inherently exciting about the winner is open envelope Mm -hmm. this person i mean like there's the speeches and whatnot but that's not like Oh my god, I gotta see that. Because, like, not necessarily everyone says something crazy. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, hands are tied. I I would suggest if ABC really feels this strongly, they could just probably move the Oscars to one of their sister networks.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I feel like it should just be an internet live stream. Like, (laughs) it's kind of how I feel about it. And I I also, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you want, like, people to care about the Oscars again, it's like, you should do what happened in 2017 and just pick one random award that's announced incorrectly <laughs> and then have someone rush up and correct it. Because that's like I, I feel like a lot of changes like this. it's like you're try what you're trying to generate probably is social media conversation and like memes basically, right? And the thing is, no like staged comedy bit that you do will ever be as seized upon than like some crazy spontaneous thing like happened. With you know the incorrect, uh, yeah, best picture announcement in twenty seventeen. So I don't know. It's it's just uh,
1: yeah. It's just times have changed. Yes. You know? It's like we live in a post, you know, David Letterman world where it's <laughs> like you know irony is king. You know, I mean, it's like you could see back in the day like a comedian like doing something with like John Wayne, mm-hmm. and it's like more funny, you know, because there was a certain you know sincerity, you know, mm-hmm. and, but now it's like any actor or whatever is going to be up for anything like tom hiddleston or whatnot it's like it's not funny if he does something you know right yeah yeah because it's like they're all you know funny because they're just like in a way regular people who've grown up in watching tv and movies and stuff so it's not like funny if a host picks up um picks olivia coleman (laughs) right (laughs) right (laughs) yeah to do something funny so like last year they did that thing with glenn close yeah yeah it's just like um i i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i agree um yeah I, it's it's just I, it's it is a uh it yes i i think it's it,
1: just a, it's just a whole mishmash of different things because mm-hmm. you do the musical numbers i understand mm-hmm. like it's nice to do that but it's like it eats up a lot of time and then right. you have to do the in memoriam segment mm-hmm. it's just like so many different things it's like it's a it's a beast of a, a thing to produce
0: it is. Do you know how long the first Academy Awards were?
1: I think it was like twenty-seven minutes.
0: Yeah, I think it was like fifteen minutes or something like that. <laughs> um,
1: and it was on the radio.
0: Yeah, um, and I think everyone actually knew the winners beforehand, if I if I uh, recall correctly. Um,
1: yeah, well, I mean that's how it was probably so short.
0: Yeah, um, and also because they you know didn't have to pause for commercials, is my guess. And there were way less awards too. Anyway. Um, that's that's our our talk on the state of the Oscars. A sad state of affairs it is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about sort of the nominees. And um, when when we had initially talked about this episode, and you were asking what uh, what you want to talk about, I was like, oh, you know, we should do predictions for uh, the Oscars. And you were like, every category. And I uh, I had initially been thinking, yeah. And then when you when you send that message with like all caps, every category. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> That's probably a little too much. And I think there's only so much interesting things we can say about Best Makeup I feel, and I
1: feel like at least a third of them we would just be, like, stabbing in the dark. They, well,
0: yeah. <laughs> Cer- certainly with, with uh, documentary, like, all the shorts, <laughs> um, documentary. I I could do most of the other ones. I'll, I'll say that. And I, and I am writing about them, so you'll all get my sage takes on it. But... <laughs> I did, before we get into the above-the-line categories we're going to discuss, I, I did want to get, uh, if you, I would say, do you have any sort of, like, first impressions or feelings about what was nominated? And also, are there any, like, non, are there any categories we're not going to talk about that you have certain strong opinions on?
1: Uh, this is the thing that always comes up. It's like, what categories should the Oscars add? And it's like, nothing really. The one that hmm. always gets said is stunts yeah um, but uh i mean i mean it's it's fair but you know that i really they, this is you know like i said it's a pretty uh they've locked into like a winning formula here with mm-hmm. the categories they've got uh i think it's it's pretty good um things that weren't nominated uh well i mentioned beforehand uh before we start recording the green knight yeah uh, that was pretty good even though i guess that was kind of delayed by Covid and whatnot, but I think it should count.
0: Yeah, it it was definitely eligible.
1: Um. Oh God. Things from this year. I don't know. I'm kind (laughs) of.
0: Well, as as you look down the ballot, do you have any strong opinions about the sort of technical categories, or have you not even thought about them?
1: Oh, are we? We're so we're not doing the technical categories.
0: We're not. No, we're just gonna do writing and up.
1: I see. I see. Yeah. Um.
0: Unless you want to do the technical categories.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could say some things.
0: Okay, we, we, we can... Let, let's, like, dash through the technical categories. We won't do the shorts. We won't do documentary. We won't do animated. We, does that sound okay? Yeah, because that okay. would
1: literally just be me picking one. <laughs> yeah.
0: All I'll say about animated is that I watched The Mitchells vs. the Machines last night. Very fun movie. And actually a really fascinating combination of, sort of, like, not only drawn and see and, and computer-generated animation, but also, like... Uh, an interesting integration of like internet native humor into a movie that felt kind of natural and not like forced. Um, So I would encourage people to seek that out. But anyway, let's start at the very bottom then Uh, best visual effects. We have Dune free guy, no time to die. Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings and Spider-Man no way home. Uh, Let's say, you know who we think we will, will win. And maybe if we have an opinion, what we would want to win, my guess is we'll probably be on the same page, but I assume that Dune will win this and I think it is completely... I've actually seen all these movies and I think Dune should win this as well.
1: I'm going to disagree. Mm. Um, I think Free Guy will win and then Dune is probably what I would want to win.
0: Do you do you have a reasoning for that or just a gut feeling?
1: Because <laughs> I was looking at the... Because um, I wasn't sure if you wanted us to do what... Uh, like what... what we thought would win or mm. what we wanted to win. So I was looking at like the past last year's Academy Awards and seeing what won and trying to copy that onto this year's actually, you know what? I'll change it. I think no time to die will win. Cause I saw Tenet tenant last mm-hmm. year. So I'm going to, I'm going to swap them out. Um, or I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, when I saw it, I was like, I think free guy will win. Just okay. I, I don't really have, any strong reasoning why but for some reason i'm thinking of
0: that i feel like in a way the the visual effects are the most uh noticeable in that movie in the sense that it's like obviously these are all kind of like big budget movies and they're not actually you know blowing up an island in no time to die but um i think in free guy it's the most sort of like it's supposed to take place inside of a video game so there's clearly it seems like the most work is being done to put in all these like foreign objects in front of ryan reynolds um, so I, I, I could see that I just my, my feeling about Dune and again I, I think Dune's going to win a lot of these is just that like it's nominated for Best Picture I just assume that's going to carry over into these smaller categories.
1: I don't know for whatever reason I'm not feeling like Dune's going to win a lot of Oscars. That's just that's just my opinion.
0: It, you you could very well be right. Um, let's 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 look at some other categories. Then we have Best Film Editing. Uh, we have Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick Tick Boom i this is one that's kind of a crapshoot for me as far as what i think will win i initially thought don't look up was going to win because i feel like it like it edits the hardest because it has like these sort of like interstitial shots of nature in between the, the main storyline um king richard won like at the the like film editor guild ceremonies or whatever they're called i'm gonna go with so this is not what I'm going to go with in the piece I'm writing, but I'm going to say it here just to be spicy. I actually going to say tick, tick boom because musicals obviously are inherently rhythmic and editing is a rhythmic art. And I think people will, will go for that.
1: I agree with everything you just said. So I'm going to say tick, tick boom as well. Yeah. Cause the editing Oscar usually goes to the one that's the most showy about editing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, None of these, I mean, I can see Tic Boom, but the other four didn't really stand out editing-wise. I'd probably give it to Dune just because I like Dune, but I don't know. I liked <laughs> Dune, too. <laughs> I, know, I know you did. Uh, best costume design, we have Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. I think Cruella is going to win this because it's won some, like, precursor awards, and it is a movie about fashion, so hey. Why not? I would probably personally give it to West Side Story though.
1: Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I agreed with the, the first part of what you're saying. I think it'll go to Cruella too because mm-hmm. like I feel like they, like they usually give it similarly to what we were talking about with visual effects and editing. It's usually the thing where it's like the most apparent. Mm-hmm. So I think I can imagine like the Cruella designs you because know, they're sort of fantastical that being noticeable. Um, so I don't think uh, the still suits are going to win any Oscars, unfortunately. I'm no. Go to uh, Cruella with their big furs.
0: Yeah, Cyrano is like a lavish costume drama, so like that is also usually a wins. But period, like,
1: yeah, period dramas.
0: Are, yeah, yeah. But Cruella is like literally about fashion, so um, I'm going to go with that. Okay. In a similar vein, we have Best Makeup and Hairstyling coming to America. A movie I forgot came out this year: <laughs> Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Um, I think it is going to go to The Eyes of Tammy Faye because the their goal was like, "Hey, can you make Jessica Jastain look like Tammy Faye?" And apparently they did.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it for that reason, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Cruella
0: for a similar reason of best costume. Yeah, she has big poofy hair. Yeah. <laughs> They turn her blonde hair black and white. I can't do that.
1: It's so weird that Emma Stone's blonde.
0: It is, because she was, like, introduced to the world as a redhead.
1: She should just be a redhead.
0: I know, right? <laughs> that's that's exactly that's how I think of her. Therefore, that's what she should be. <laughs> if there
1: are any men out there who agree with her.
0: On <laughs> <laughs> um, what color Emma Stone's hair should be, then let us know. Yeah. This is very disorienting when they cast her as Gwen Stacy instead of Mary Jane.
1: And Kristen Dunst is also blonde. Yes. Which freaks me out because well, she was introduced as Mary Jane.
0: Yeah, well, the fun thing, too, is that those—we're getting way off topic, but in the Raimi Spider-Mans, Kristen Dunst had to dye her blonde hair red and Bryce Dal- to play Mary Jane. And then Bryce Dallas Howard had to dye her blonde hair red—no, her red hair blonde to play Gwen Stacy. Not a very efficient casting, if you ask me. Anyway. Um, Movie
1: making is an illusion, Mike. <laughs> it's true. 24 pictures in <laughs> succession creates the illusion of movement.
0: That is true. All right. Um, best in We have Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. This, another one, I think is a little bit of a crapshoot. I think they're going to give it to The Power of the Dog, because it would they have a chance then to give it to Ari Wegner who would become the first woman to ever win a cinematography award and it's you know it it's it, there's lots of sort of these big wide shots of nature and I feel like that really stands out to people I personally like this is the the one technical award I feel very strongly about I think it should go to Janusz Kamiński for West Side Story I loved uh the movement of the camera in that movie I loved there's one shot where Bernardo and Anita are like their their silhouettes are kind of cast. There, you you see them through like a like a dress hanging on a uh, a clothesline, and it, I just thought it was incredible. I really liked West Side Story, which was I was not expecting to when I walked into it. So he would get my vote.
1: They are some pretty tough ballerina dance. <laughs> <in that movie. laughs> no, hey, I, the guy who plays
0: Bernardo is like ripped.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That's what like um, Stephen Sondheim said when he saw the first movie. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: yeah. I mean It, it, it is. Yes, the, the the gang fight via interpretive dance is is it is ridiculous, but.
1: Um, so cinematography, I've actually like done learned a kind of what cinematography actually is, because a mm-hmm. lot of people just think it's like which shots are like the coolest. Mm-hmm. But it's actually more about just like controlling like the light. Yeah. So that the audience's focus is put on you know the correct thing in mm-hmm. the frame. So it's like. They're supposed to arrange the lighting so that you're looking at what the movie wants you to look at and not, like, the picture of, like, a dancing lobster on the (laughs) background. Um, So, but, you know, given that we're talking about the Oscars, it'll probably go to something that has the coolest shots. (laughs) For whatever reason, I'm thinking that, overall, it's going to be, like, kind of a sweep for Power of the Dog, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Tragedy of Macbeth will win for cinematography just because it's, like, really inventive but mm-hmm. I mean, probably not for like the actual camera work more so that like what's in the frame.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it, it's very, uh, I believe it German expressionism is what people say. It looks yeah, like
1: Yeah, it's very brechtian and abstract. So there you go, Mike. <laughs> yeah. It is, it <laughs> it is smart.
0: a, yeah, it's a very cool looking movie. Um, I'll, I'll give it that. So then we have uh, best production design. The nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. I think for this one, I'm going to go with Dune because they had to kind of invent a whole other world, and I feel like that'll probably appeal to voters.
1: I'm going to go with Macbeth again on this one, because Mank won last year. Yeah. So I, I see a lot of similarities between Macbeth and uh, Mank.
0: Well, if it was like the old days where they had separate production design awards for black and white and color, then we could split our votes. But All right, uh, then we have best sound... Uh, our NAMIs are Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story.
1: So I know this is a category you probably feel very strongly about, like, sound.
0: Ah, uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, but I mean, I, I feel strongly that Dune should win. That I feel like 50% of that movie's appeal is the sound.
1: Yeah, that was like the thing when I left the movie. I was talking about the sound a lot more. Mm-hmm. anything else is like the sound because i saw it in like a huge mm-hmm. the huge theater at lincoln center yeah um the sound is really great but um i think because uh, last year sound of metal won, obviously a loud movie so mm-hmm. i think uh well i mean i dune was pretty loud but i think <laughs> maybe like west side story will win because it's a musical
0: sure that's acceptable logic um Best original song, as someone who cares about music, frequently the worst award of the night because most of the original most of the original songs are not good. Um, but the nominees are "Bli" from King Richard, "Dos Oroguitis from Encanto, "Down to Joy" from Belfast, "No Time to Die" from No Time to Die, and "Somehow You Do" from Four Good Days. Most of these songs actually are like pretty good, I would say. Um, I-, I I would. I, they're going to give it to Dos Orguidis because it, it gives them a chance to get Lin-Manuel Miranda on stage and again say, hey, we're the ones who gave him this EGOT because if he wins this, he will have an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony.
1: Imagine if Lin-Manuel Miranda and Phoebe Waller-Bridge ever did a project together. It'd be like the end of humanity. <laughs> <It's like we'd, laughs> end of conversation. Like, there's nothing else anyone would talk about. Yeah. I think uh, we need to talk about Bruno. we will uh, win
0: well <laughs> i mean I, it probably would have but you heard me <laughs> it'll be performed at the, <laughs> but uh
1: i i don't know i mean I, I know so little about music uh i'm gonna say encanto will win but yeah you know, i would have preferred another so i don't even know what this song is
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i've listened to like a few seconds of each honestly um anyway uh best original score we have don't look up Dune and Canto, Parallel Mothers, The Power of the Dog. Uh, for Dune, Hans Zimmer literally had to invent new instruments to make the sounds he made. So he should win, and he will win.
1: Is that like a, a milk box carton? Or a milk, <laughs> milk carton guitar?
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> a milk box carton. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like popping it into a microphone. <laughs> You know what I meant. Yes, I do.
1: Um, yeah, that, like, started a lot of... There were some memes about Dune, like, the bagpipe mm-hmm. playing and the guy, like... <laughs> yeah, the throat singer. Yeah, uh... Does, like... For Encanto, that doesn't count for we don't need to talk about Bruno. No,
0: it mind. doesn't. No, it's it's the... <laughs> no.
1: Uh I just want to be different, so I'll say Power of the Dog away.
0: Okay, I, Johnny Greenwood. Do you know who Johnny Greenwood is, Louis? Yeah, he
1: did uh, The Phantom Thread.
0: Do you know what else he? You, do you know like what he did before he was scoring movies?
1: No, but he sounds like he worked as a busboy, like a fifties diner.
0: <laughs> he may have. He's the guitarist for Radiohead. <laughs> 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 Why, why is that so funny to you?
1: Because <laughs> I said the thing about 50s diners. Yeah. And you were like, he might have. So now I'm imagining like Tom York <laughs> opening up a 50s diner somewhere on Route 66. Um, yeah, no, No, that's interesting. I did, yeah. I did not know that about Johnny Greenwood.
0: He's done a lot of great scores. He did, the score was the best part of Spencer, uh, which is a movie I didn't really like that much. Um, he also did Inherent Vice, amazing score phantom fred amazing score there will be blood he does a lot of pta stuff um but yeah johnny greenwood cool guy i hope he wins someday but i think Hans Zimmer will win eventually so we'll skip through a couple of these other ones best international feature film let's do that one because i've seen two of these movies the nominees are drive my car flee the hand of god lunana a yak in the classroom <laughs> and the worst person in the world um i have only seen drive my car and the worst person in the World. I liked The Worst Person in the World, but Drive My Car, I think, is clearly the better movie. And considering that it is nominated for Best Picture, it would be a very unscientific a violation of the transitive property if it did not win this award. So,
1: Yeah, I agree. And we're, to be honest, we're kind of biased towards Worst Person in the World because it's about Lars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. Yes.
1: No, but seriously, I actually haven't seen any of the uh, mm-hmm. international feature films because I'm kind of, you know on this uh, isolationist kick right now where I hate <laughs> any other country that's not America. Sure. Um, and I don't like reading. Mm-hmm. I lost my glasses, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to read. Fair enough. Yeah, but um, but my brother is working on the PR for Drive My Car, drive my car to Win. Oh. Like you said, the transitive property of it also being nominated for Best Picture. It would be shocking, and my brother would be very <laughs> upset that everyone at his company would be very upset, especially if Lunana, a <laughs> ended up winning instead. All this hard work would have gone down the drain. So I'm going to put in for Drive My Car, um, a film that I, sadly is not about Herbie the Love Bug.
0: It is not. No, it's not even about the Beatles either. So, um, disappointment all around. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's move on to the the sort of big awards, the ones that people really pay attention well, to. Oh, we skipped animated feature. Oh, I thought you didn't want. Okay, we'll talk about that.
1: I saw Encanto. I think it would go to Encanto.
0: Okay, I think you're right. Yeah, the nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, the Mitchells versus the Machines, and Ryan the Last Dragon. I've only seen the Mitchells vs. the Machines. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to go to Encanto, I think. All right, now let's actually move on to the big ones. Uh, we'll start with best original screenplay, people who didn't need someone to write a story before for them first. Um, nominees are Kenneth Brana for Belfast, Adam McKay and David Sirota for Don't Look Up, Zach Balin for King Richard, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, and Eskel Vote. And Yakum Trier for the worst person in the world. I think this is going to go to Belfast because it had so much early Oscar buzz that has now like subsided, and has all gone to like the Power of the Dog and Coda. And I think they're going to try and find a way to reward Kenneth Branagh anyway. And the actors are going to be like, "Oh, he's an actor who wrote a script. We want to be like him." So they'll vote for Belfast.
1: Yeah, get those famous people up there. Yeah, I know who Kenneth Branagh is. Let's vote for him. Yep. I think uh, Don't Look Up will win. Mm. If it's an important message film about a very important thing that is very important. <laughs> um, and, you know, it'll give Adam McKay a chance to, you know, speak mm-hmm. and, you know, very subtly, you know, very calmly explain, you know, what the film is about. <laughs> you know, maybe to anyone that didn't quite get it, you can sort of elucidate it. Um, I haven't seen Don't Look Up by the way. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think it will go to Don't Look Up. If I were picking, I, I would probably give it to Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Don't Look Up will will be the winner.
0: Yeah, I would also give it to Licorice Pizza. Um, at the very least, to give Paul Thomas an Oscar, finally. Uh, your your impression of Don't Look Up being um, a satire that doesn't properly convey its message, I think, is accurate. Because I feel like most people think it's about COVID instead of global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I do want to say, I do think it's kind of a weak slate for original screenplays because I wasn't really that much of a fan of Belfast. Yeah, Or King Richard. Um, So that's not so much... I did think Licorice Pizza was very, very good, but, you know, I think it's more... It says more about the rest of the slate.
0: I I agree, yeah. There are, like, two good movies in this slate, honestly. Um, And I've seen all of them, so I know. Okay, best adapted screenplay we have... Sean Heater for Coda. Ryosuke Hamaguchi and Takamasa Oe for Drive My Car, John Spates, Denny Villeneuve, and Eric Roth for Dune, Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Lost Daughter, and Jane Camping for The Power of the Dog. This is a tight one. It's going to be either Coda or The Power of the Dog, which are like the two who are also like vying for Best Picture right now. I, I wrote, I think, that I think Jane Campion won for Power of the Dog. I now think it's going to go to CODA because I feel like CODA is the kind of movie that usually wins a screenplay award and then doesn't win Best Picture. So uh, I'm going to go with that. But it should go to Drive My Car because it made... A, it's it's a three-hour-long script with, like, no fat on it, which is very hard to do, so.
1: Mm. Similarly, I thought um, Dune as a screenplay takes a very what has been commonly thought of as a very difficult book mm-hmm. and it's just successfully adapted into a film where a lot of people you know seem to understand what the heck was going on
0: that's true yeah
1: so does that exactly entitle it to oscars who's to say i'm not in the academy right <laughs> now but um i think power of the dog will will um win it cuz i think it's about time they're going to reward jane campion um so why not now
0: sure I, I buy that logic. Um, best Supporting Actor, we have Kieran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotzer in Coda, Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee in The Power of the Dog. Seemed for a long time like Cody Smith-McPhee was going to be a layup for this. However, Troy Kotzer has won like everything after the Golden Globes, and I think he's probably going to win at the Oscars, too.
1: You know, that is a good point, and it will probably be Troy Kotzer, but I'm going to say... It's uh, Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog, because um, Daniel Kaluuya won um, last year for uh, that movie.
0: Judas and the Black Messiah?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Um, he won for that, so I think it'll go to another up-and-comer. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is Troy Kotzer's only chance, and I guess it is sort of similar to like when um, Bakhtar Avdi won for... Your favorite film, Captain. Well he didn't
0: win, he was nominated, but Oh he didn't win? <laughs> no, I he did not. Win. I think Mark Rylance won that year for Bridge of Spies. Uh... No, it was that was not that year. Bakar <laughs> was the year after. Bakar Abdi definitely did not win though.
1: That was yeah, that was definitely two separate years. Yeah. Anyways, while well, while well, Mike's looking that up, <laughs> I, audience, write in if you think Kieran Hines and J.K. Simmons were robbed of Roles they should have been nominated for. J.K. Simmons reprised his role as intrepid reporter J. Jonah Jameson, (laughs) trying to nail down the menace of Spider-Man. Kieran Hines was, you know, Steppenwolf, the uncle of a maniacal tyrant who's, you know, trying to retrieve the mother boxes to ensure domination for his familial line in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Were these roles undeserving of Oscars? You decide. Let us know. Contact at thepostwriter.com. Send us emails. Flood the inbox with your thoughts.
0: It was Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club who beat Barcad Abdi.
1: Oh, so there you go. The, the person you wanted to win. <laughs>
0: exactly. You're right. The, <laughs> a completely non annoying, generally celebrated person. And you know The best I mean, joker, I think people are saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, should Jared Leto really have won for that, or should he, you know, be win now for playing Dr. Michael Morbius and after being
0: filmed Morbius? That or yeah, that, why yeah? I I don't see why not. Next year, that's that's an, that's an eligible next year. He'll get his chance. Okay. Uh, Best supporting actress. The nominees are Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Angelou Ellis in King Richard. Ariana DeBose has won pretty much every award coming into the night, and I think she will uh, win at the Oscars as well, which would be interesting because. This is the exact same role and category that Rita Moreno won for in the exact same movie.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, there's lots of con- contextual, quote unquote, story elements for this. Yeah. Then, mm, it's tricky because, like, I I do feel like a lot of people have been talking about West Side Story, the cast, especially. They might. I feel like they might give it to Judy Dench just because it's like a capper on a mm-hmm. long career. You know, Power of the Dog. I feel like for whatever reason I feel like it, it wouldn't be I feel like it's not dumb to bet a bet it, what? <laughs> It'd
0: be it's not dumb to bet on it.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel like smart money is mm-hmm. could go on Power the Dog. Uh, and you know, Anjanew Ellis, you know, give it to, you know, a newcomer. It's like Kavijene Wallace for that uh film she did.
0: Beasts of the Southern Wild. She also yeah. she also did not win that year. <laughs>
1: See, I'm, I'm auditioning for uh, The Father right now, a remake of The yeah. Father about a really young guy.
0: That was the that was the year Jennifer Lawrence won for Silver Lang's playbook.
1: Is that when she tripped? It is. Whoa, we remember it. It's a meme. <laughs> yeah. This is what the Oscars are for. Yeah, just, just trip
0: everybody who goes up to get an award. Then people will watch.
1: So I, I, I'm going to say Kirsten Dunst, but I do really like Jesse Buckley as an actress. Have mm-hmm. you seen... Uh, i'm thinking of ending things mike
0: i have i think she's also an awesome actress and i that was like i was surprised how polarizing that movie was because i thought it was really good
1: well yeah i can definitely see how oh, i mean <laughs> i get <I, I>,
0: you yeah.
1: <laughs> like wasn't like oh uh, you know like a rom com let me turn this on and it's like what the. <laughs> but uh, yeah that was my favorite film of 2020 a year with many many <laughs> yeah. to pick from uh, but no it was really good but i, I think it'll go to kirsten dunst
0: all right, I like Kiers and Dunst too.
1: I mean, and if they don't give it to either Dunst or Jesse Plemons, it's like, what, what hope is there for their their lives? They're exactly. Gonna go home, they're gonna they, drive in the car. Yeah. They're be miserable. Well, I,
0: wouldn't it be worse for the relationship if one lost and the other won?
1: Let's find out. Folks.
0: <laughs> That's that again. They should do that like that. Then that, that'd be. They interesting. should have
1: Jesse Plemons read the award for supporting. actor. Yeah. <laughs> Dunst read the award for supporting actor.
0: Oh man. Can you imagine?
1: And then they both kiss like uh, Adrian Brody, <laughs> the <laughs> winner. Come uh, here, Kieran Hines.
0: Academy, give us a call. We, have, we were coming up with gold here. <laughs> All right. Um, best actor Javier Vardeman being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch and The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith and King Richard, Denzel Washington and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Will Smith is just, like, the prototypical guy who has been around for a long time that people want to give an Oscar to, so he's going to get it for King Richard, even though that movie was just okay.
1: Yeah, it's a crazy race we've got. It's Stilgar versus Doctor Strange versus (laughs) Spider-Man versus Deadshot versus uh, Denzel... versus Malcolm X. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It's a crazy lineup, folks. I would be... I would be, like... Angry if Will Smith won for King Richard.
0: Well, prepared, prepare to be angry.
1: <laughs> Not because I think he's, like, terrible. It, and it's just because it's just... Like, really? An Oscar? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's head-to-head. It's either Benedict for Power of the Dog. Just think I think... Because I think that movie's going to be on a hot streak. It's already said. Or Denzel for Macbeth. Because it's, you know, Macbeth and Denzel. So, I don't think it would be too smart... Too- I think it would be a good call to put put money on either of those. For yeah,
0: picks. if Denzel wins, it'll be his third Oscar, which would be pretty cool. But
1: because it's like it, it kind of Denzel and Macbeth kind of gives me like, did Oldman win for Mank? He did not. I know he definitely won for Darkest Hour. He
0: did. Yeah, he won. Like, for, yeah,
1: it kind of gives me that kind of vibe.
0: Oh yeah, it, I feel like that's been like the the the. Story of, like, not just Best Actor, but Best Actress of Two. Like, the last few years has been, like, play a famous person and you win an... Like, Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Power of editing. Yeah. Oh, God.
0: I I watched that movie for the first time a few months ago. It is very bad. (laughs) Um. Anyway. Let's move on now to Best Actress, which is interesting because none of these movies that are nominated are nominated for Best Picture. So, we have... Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, Kristen Stort and Spencer. Jessica Jessica Chastain's been on a bit of a hot streak recently. She won, I think, the BAFTA. No, she didn't win the BAFTA. None of these people were nominated for BAFTAs. She won the Critics' Choice. She won the SAG. But I think they're going to give it to Olivia Colman, and I think they should because she's really good in The Lost Daughter because I just feel like the Academy really likes Olivia Colman.
1: I I, th- I agree with you that the Academy likes Olivia Colman, and I think everyone likes Olivia Colman, but I think it might be a case of too much, too fast, too soon. So I don't think they'll, they'll take Olivia off the table. Mm. Like, we can't give her another Oscar. It's, like, ridiculous already. Um, but anyway, I'm going to rank these people in terms of hotness. <laughs> I think that would be the best way. No, I'm not going to do that. I haven't seen any of these movies except for uh, being the Ricardos. Mm-hmm. And um, Nicole Kidman was good in it. But um, I'm going to go with Kristen Stewart and Spencer just because I know it would make Mike incredibly <laughs> angry and I, I want to see it happen.
0: It would be one thing if she gave like a good performance in a movie I just didn't like, but she's like not that good in it. Like, I don't know. I, I really like, there's like a lot of people on Twitter who insist that she, that this is like the role of a lifetime and she should win hands down. And I just, it's one of those things where it's like, if people didn't feel so strongly about it, then I wouldn't feel so strongly about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be,
1: after she wins, it's just going to be you at the bar with Prince Charles, sucking (laughs) your heads in sorrow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag Team Charles. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Team Edward. (laughs) King Edward. (laughs) That guy. Um, All right. We got only two awards left. Best Director. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Jane Campion's won every directing award thus far. She will win it again, and because people think it is time to award Jane Campion, it should go to Hamaguchi, but Jane Campion did a good job too. So I actually would be okay with, honestly, anybody but Kenneth Branagh winning this award.
1: Um, I think Jane Campion's going to win I read an article in the Times about how it's like her versus Spielberg head to head again since 1993 when mm-hmm. they were up for Schindler's List and the Piano respectively, and you know she just won the. Is uh, uh, that the Golden Globe?
0: Jane Camp. She won the Golden Globe. She won the Critics' Choice. I think yeah, the she she Critics won the Critics' Choice DJ. Award. is yeah. I,
1: What I saw where she gave that speech.
0: Yes, where she uh, told a very awkward joke about the Williams sisters.
1: Yeah, so I think um, – sorry, Sam Elliott. I think Jane can't be able to <laughs> win for Best Director. Um, yeah, there you go.
0: Okay. So we're agree- – I think it's the first one we like both agreed on. But <laughs> um, let's go now to Best Picture. The ten nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Should so-
1: we go through, like, thoughts on –
0: yeah, we can do that. Okay, so Belfast. I thought it was okay, but just okay. I thought it was very poorly edited, and I thought the kid was kind of annoying.
1: I thought it was kind of just a little bit worse than okay. okay. I thought it was very watchable, mm-hmm. but it was like I got the point like, you know, very quickly, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not like it's a heavy message movie. It's like you know, childhood through a kid's eyes, which is like, it's been done before. Yeah. In more entertaining ways. And I just didn't get a whole lot out of it.
0: Yeah, I I honestly didn't either. And I'm someone who's like fascinated by the troubles. Like I studied abroad in Ireland. I am Irish myself. Like I, this is a very interesting subject to me, but I just think it was presented in a very uh, unremarkable way.
1: Yeah. Everyone, if you're interested in the troubles, go watch Alan Clark's Elephant. It's much shorter, and you'll you'll. It's more exciting.
0: <laughs> or or Ken Loach is "The Wind That Shakes the Barley." Actually, it's not about the troubles. It's about the Irish Civil War, um, which was a prelude to the troubles, but actually was beforehand. Anyway, um, you watch
1: Father Ted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: all right, you you did not see Coda, did you?
1: No, I didn't. But I can give a quick review of it in sign language if you want.
0: <laughs> well, that won't be much help to us. Coda is, I watched Coda the night, um, I watched Coda and I was like, this is a very heartwarming movie, it is, has the production, well no, I wouldn't say that, it has the um, creative vision of a Disney Channel original (laughs) movie, (laughs) which sounds like a dig, and it is a little bit, but it's, it's a good movie, like people should watch it, I enjoyed it. And then I turned it off and Russia had invaded Ukraine. (laughs) So (laughs) there's this kind of like, um, but like I, I, which in some way illustrated the utility of this movie in the sense that like um, it took me away for a few hours to like an, like an entertaining place. And it took me away from this sort of like very awful thing that was happening. But it, it, it's, it's just like, if this one's the best picture in 10 years from now, people are going to be like, how did this one best picture? And I say that as somebody who liked this movie, but it is, I, like, compared to, like, at least six other movies on the list, it's just not, it, it's just not at that level. Okay, don't, you did not watch the Don't Look Up. I watched Don't Look Up. More like, don't watch this movie. That's my review of it. Um, way too long. Not funny. Worst performance of Meryl Streep's career. And Adam McKay is just incredibly annoying to me. So it's like, Vi- I didn't like Vice either. Um, no, I
1: didn't, I didn't care much for Vice. And no, like, very...
0: yeah, but like that at least like made me angry, like at how bad it was. Whereas Don't Look Up just was like, all right. Like I, it didn't even make me angry. It just kind of like annoyed me.
1: Adam McKay has been on like a downhill slide since um, the peak of Anchorman 2.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> 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 uh another movie i hate
1: chicken of the cave
0: <laughs> i was thinking about that movie the other day
1: Is it, i like i like anchorman too
0: maybe i'd like it more if i rewatched it but i remember at the time being just like very annoyed It's because they, they just try. they're important to where they try to just do like a shot for shot remake of the like the first anchorman i don't know after that we have drive my car drive my car Um, the best thing, Drive My Car, I, it's, it's a movie that I watched, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fine, and then, like, the more I thought about it, like, the next few days, the more I liked it. It is a three-hour movie about a sad experimental theater director, and it somehow manages to, like, not be, like, pretentious and boring, so it did not necessarily, like, touch me the way it touched a lot of other people, but I, I, I can do nothing but respect it. it. It is... It is definitely a good movie. <laughs> I'll put it that way. We both saw Dune. I think we both like Dune. I don't know. Did you?
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's just like, I've had like this weird reaction where it's like, you know, it's just like you want it to be good and then it comes out and it's good. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's incredible. And I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I think I'm just sort of like leaving things open until the second one comes out and mm-hmm. i can get like the full experience because like i think uh blade runner 2049 i feel like that i left the theater and it was like that made you know more of an impact mm-hmm. than dune well dune's great and stuff but um yeah i would definitely recommend dune i think it's you know a good time at the movies i think i think it's you know it's a it's a blockbuster that also just d- despite being about you know a far off planet millions of light years away set in the year (laughs) 10,191 which is really the year 26,000 um according to our calendar um but anyway uh but but yeah besides the the science fiction trappings it's actually about like you know political brinksmanship Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um you know fascism war i feel like there's little more that actually like applies to you know real world and humanity as opposed to other you know escapist fare um that's so that's where they sort of draw the line so i definitely like dune i would be happy if it won best picture
0: as well yeah this is like this was my favorite movie of the year it is admittedly half of a movie
1: so yeah that's why i think it won't win because i think yeah. it'll be like return of the king situation yeah. where yeah they'll probably award it I agree. Yo, so that's why I didn't put Dune for visual effects. I okay. For now, <laughs> they're gonna give it next time. So that's why I said free guy. Everybody, thanks for listening this long into the episode.
0: Fair enough. Um, King Richard. I thought this movie was perfectly entertaining. I thought John Bernthal was the best performance. I would have liked it way better if it wasn't just like Williams family PR and propaganda. <laughs> like, like, if this movie was like not produced by the Williams family, I would have liked it better. But it was. So, like, I, I have to be inherently skeptical of it. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, this this movie just gives me, like, icky vibes because mm-hmm. of reasons like that. It's, like, about, in a way, they're, like, abusive parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, trying well, to, you know, become... And it's, like, based around, you know, ath- athletics, but it's really about, like, landing sports marketing promotions that yeah. are, like, way, like, way overpaid, like, $10 million from a company to do whatever. It's like, you know, athletics are one thing, but it's, like, just too much money in the game, and it's just, like, it's just really, gives me, like, a queasy feeling.
0: Yeah, I, like, when I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, I feel like it's weird that this is, like, the story of Venus and Serena Williams, but it's named after their dad, like, that, like, made me feel very weird. And what
1: other famous fathers haven't we gotten the story of yet? what was thomas edison's dad like
0: michael jackson's father <laughs> it's like that ep- the, the, the
1: parents of <laughs> yeah the epi- bender's that- father in the breakfast club <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> tiger woods's father it's it's that it's that episode from atlanta the, the teddy perkins episode was like i'm gonna have a hall of fame of all the greatest fathers <laughs> and it's like michael jackson's father richard williams um and i think was the other one that i said tiger, tiger woods's father yeah um controversial fathers anyway <laughs> we also have licorice pizza which as a movie i think we both liked
1: yeah licorice pizza was like refreshing yeah whereas like with dune it's sort of like it's kind of like joker where you like walk in knowing what to expect mm-hmm. um mostly because like i had read the book dune and I, I like getting the opportunity to mention that anytime i can Since there are a lot of people that haven't um <laughs> But, you know, Licorice Pizza is kind of like a film where it's like you watch the trailer and it's like, what is this about? I mean, you can't kind of get an idea of what it's about. But it's like you watch it and it's like, oh, it's about like, you know, fun times. And it's like just a fun, refreshing thing of, um, you know, fresh air. I would just like... I feel like there's, like, a level of, like, film snobbery where it's, Mm. like, people who get into, like, film and, like, learn about the ins and outs to, like, watch something like this and be like, oh, this is, like, the greatest movie ever made. And it's, like, I do think it's, like, a very good, well-put-together film, but it doesn't quite break that barrier. I just think it's, like, a really, really, really good movie. I wouldn't be upset if it won Licorice Pizza, but I I do think it was very good.
0: Yeah, I, I, like, yes, I agree. This, I I filled out a little rank choice ballot myself. This was number two for me behind Dune. Mm. I really liked it. It's fun. I, I've read some things where people are, like, reading more into it about kind of what it's supposed to be about and what different roles the characters play. And I thought I – th- I, I, I appreciate that people are, are able to get that out of this movie. But I just kind of got – I I got some of that out of it. But I was just like, this is just kind of like – it's prestige Caddyshack, right? It's like kids in the 70s screwing around but fancy. And – um. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it for that. Cooper Cooper Hoffman and Alana Hine, robbed of Oscar nominations, if you ask me. And, yeah, and Br- Bradley Cooper, too. <laughs> I ha,
1: ha, What would you think of... Do you think Bradley Cooper's going to be John Peters? <laughs> Oscar
0: that that would be cool. I would love that if he came dressed as John Peters.
1: Did I tell you my alternate ending for Licorice Pizza? <laughs> you
0: did not.
1: Oh, I, have, I, I don't think we have time to talk about it now. But, it's, um, but uh, yeah, I mean... Between Licorice Pizza and Don't uh, and uh, Drive My Car, only one of these films had an actual cameo by Herbie the Love Bug. Folks,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you be
1: the judge, it's... and it wasn't Drive My Car.
0: Yeah, it's the, not the one you would think. Um, all right, we have Nightmare Alley. Did you see Nightmare Alley?
1: I did not see Nightmare Alley.
0: I I saw it, so it 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 was in theaters. I didn't see it, and then they did a black and white re release. I saw that, so I can't speak to the colors in the movie, but um this is like it's it's a good movie i i would recommend people go see it i know not everybody was into it but i enjoyed it it's a very good i think bradley cooper performance
1: scorsese was into it i believe yeah
0: yeah and it's just like a like a very good sort of like horror movie that yeah i don't know there's much to it more than just like con con men are evil but it's 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 definitely something i would recommend people watch power of the dog you did not see power of the dog did you
1: no, but is this like crypto? <laughs> the super dog.
0: <laughs> you mean like it's it's not Power of the Dog? Um,
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't see Power of the Dog, but I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, heat on it. I think a lot of it's been spurned on by this whole Sam Elliott thing. Yeah, and I, I do feel like it'll it it it'll probably win. But did you have any thoughts on it?
0: Uh yeah, I think it's a very well made movie. Benedict Cumberbatch is an actor who I've never like loved, but I think he's very good in it. But it's also one of those things where it's like you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what happened. Like, it it didn't have, like, a huge, huge impact on me. But, hey, very well made. And then West Side Story, I loved this movie, actually. And I am kind of lukewarm on the original, but I really enjoyed this. Um, Rachel Zegler also robbed of an Oscar nomination. And, yeah, I don't know. I just just thought this was a real—I loved just the kind of, like, how unashamedly sort of like classicist and like epic it was
1: yeah i mean you know the steven spielberg guy he's really good at directing and making movies and whatnot turns out yeah um i've tried watching the original uh i mean i I watched the original but you know i watched it again afterwards and you know it felt like more of a slog Mm -hmm. um and i do think you know this is a pretty effective remake where it like you know he did it so no one else really has to at least for a while Um, and I think all the the things that he did to make it different and, uh, more real, more grounded, you know, made it more like a film and less like, you know, a stage play, you know, um, I think it was really good. Um, I, I, I don't think it'll win best picture. No. What do
0: you think will win best picture?
1: Oh, power of the dog.
0: Yes, I do too. It's really between that and Coda right now. Coda has won. Coda won the SAG Ensemble Award. It won the um, it won the PGA Award. Not the Golf Award, the Producers <laughs> Guild. And it won uh, at the Critics' Choice as well. No, it did not. Power of the Dog didn't. It won something else, too. Oh, it won the SAG did I say this? Point is, it's won a lot of stuff. But yeah, I think Power of the Dog. It's got 13 nominations. Not many movies with 13 nominations are going to lose. And Coda, if Coda were to win... It would be the movie with the least nominations to win. It only has three nominations. It'd be the movie with the least nominations to win since *Grand Hotel*. Do you know how many nominations *Grand Hotel* had, Lewis?
1: Was it just two?
0: It had one for Best Picture. <laughs> wow. Yes, and that was in like 1932. So, uh, di- diff- different time and place for the Oscars. But um, yeah, so that those are our picks. I'm not going to review them because we've already going quite long. <laughs> um but yeah watch the oscars gamble on them have fun with them and enjoy them um this has been an episode of the pony express uh i'm mike levito you can find me on the pony express on twitter at M levito on letterboxd at Amerimike.
1: and i'm lewis ryan you can also find me on the post rider and at the lewis ryan on twitter and instagram
0: yeah thank you for joining me lewis uh you can find the pony express anywhere you can find podcasts including our website thepostrider.com. and until next time uh, I should have queued up some like wrap it up music so it would be like they're, they're playing us off yeah. um, but I did not have that foresight so uh, thanks for listening and we will see you next time on the Pony Express
1: and vote for your favorite moment from this episode <laughs> online at the post writer what was your favorite cheer moment favorite scare moment favorite laugh out loud moment
0: Sponsored by Mountain Dew.
1: <laughs> Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel. <laughs> the only <laughs> energy drink to sponsor Lewis and Mike's podcast
0: recordings. Hell yeah. It is bracket season, and to celebrate, the Post Rider has a brand new podcast that'll do for political junkies, what the NCAA tournament does for sports fans. That's right, everyone. It's called Floor Fight, and each season we'll be creating a bracket that pits political figures and topics against each other until we end up with an ultimate winner. It's like a contested convention, if a contested convention was held between two guys in a Google Hangout with too much time on their hands. For our first season, we seeded 72 losing presidential candidates for a tournament of the also-ran, so we can finally answer the question, who was the greatest president we never had? It's the perfect show for anyone who ever wondered what would happen if Dewey really did defeat Truman or if Palm Beach County didn't use a butterfly ballot in 2000. And the best part is you can check out the seeds and prepare for the planes now at the floor fight. See every candidate, who they'll match off against at the plane in first rounds, and let us know on Twitter at thepostrider who you think should win. And if those references to Dewey and Truman and Palm Beach County meant anything to you, then subscribe to Floor Fight, premiering March 1st. It's available everywhere you can find podcasts and, of course, on thepostwriter.com.